Kane is in the building. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Three P Podcast, episode three of the uh, ninth season. Crazy, loving it. I'm your host for the night, Stephen Bonazzo, and as always, I'm had the pleasure of being joined alongside Alex Castle, Josh Ramowitz, and TJ Hummel. Well, boys, glad to be back for another week. A lot's been going on around numerous leagues especially the NFL with the playoffs, head coaching, uh, you know, the head coaching carousel, NBA, um, you know, just it's like mid-season now, getting close to the all-star game, trade deadline. So same thing with hockey. Um, so moves are being made between those leagues. All this basketball is in the middle. I mean, it's a good time right now. Uh, baseball pitchers and catchers will be reporting soon. Um, even though there's so few free agents out there, that need to be signed. So anyways, there is a lot to talk about. We can only discuss a little bit. So we're going to start off with what I believe right now is probably the most newsworthy. And that's definitely within the NFL and definitely within the coaching carousel. So last week we were talking about certain guys that had been hired. We kind of were making, started making some predictions we were wrong about a certain name who was probably the biggest name to drop, Jim Harbaugh. Um, Frommens and I definitely agreed that we thought he would be going back to Michigan. And I know I was saying that I didn't think he would be going to the Chargers because usually the Chargers are cheap and don't like to spend money to get these guys. But I'm human. Frommens is human, or so I believe. And we were wrong, and... Isn't he? He ended. He ended up in L.A. So, and the funny thing with that is, besides Michigan, all of his coaching like has mostly been in California, Stanford, San Fran, now L.A. He's he played for the Chargers, so it's not like it's a whole. You know, he's familiar with the franchise. So, from us, I want to just get your because you were wrong. I want to just get your uh, kind of what you think and feel about the initial hire um just your base thoughts and i do have a question for you so let's give me your your base thoughts yeah so like you said that when i'm wrong we were both wrong about this i i thought he was going to go back to michigan but it seemed like over the last two three days it really started to heat up that uh he was very interested in going to the chargers he even declined uh, a second meeting with the Falcons, which he had set up on, I believe today on Thursday was when the Falcons meeting was going to be. So once that happened, I was like, okay, maybe this is like, this is legit. Maybe there is some real interest and real steam picking up for him going back to the NFL. And I think it is a really good fit. Um, he gets to work with a very talented quarterback in Justin Herbert. They have pieces on offense. Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, both are getting up there in age, but 
both are still productive. Didn't really have the years that they wanted last year, more so Eckler than Keenan Allen. Their defense is a work in progress, but they they have guys. I'm curious to see what moves they make because they have a lot of um, money spent on the defense already for it to be this underperforming. But one thing I'm going to look out for in terms of what they do in this offseason is Jim Harbaugh is known for running. And the Chargers over the last few years, especially with Brandon Staley, have been very pass-heavy, air-raid type offense. And using Eckler more as a as a receiver than a running back, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna be very curious to see if they bring in another running back and try to have a one-two running back tandem similar to what Michigan did with Blake Corum and uh, Donovan Edwards and even his San Fran years where they establish a run game and then let that open up a passing game. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I definitely could see that happening. And so I guess, yeah, my next question is this Chargers team is super talented. I mean, you had Justin Herbert who has, like, shown he is one of the bright stars, uh, not only at the position but just in the league in general. But they still haven't had the success that most people and, you know, definitely themselves expect them to have. Um, Yes, they play in the ultra-competitive AFC West, but do you think Harbaugh – can unlock this team and even further like unlock Herbert to where they are now not only contenders within the division, but the AFC in general, or do you think it just is like too much of a tall task and a lot of the guys just in between their injury history or maybe like scheme fit, you know, I don't know. Do you think he can finally be the guy to, I mean, cause wherever he goes, he seems to win. Um, So do you think, that this team, which most people think is built to win, do you think he can do it with them, or or do you think uh, it's going to be a tough challenge? Like in terms of the talent they have on the team and their quarterback, I think anything is possible. But I can obviously say for sure because look at their division alone. Like they're going to have to face Pat Mahomes twice a year. Pat Mahomes, Andy Reid. They're going to face Sean Payton and the Broncos twice a year. They're, they're going to face the new head coach of the Vegas Raiders, Antonio Pierce, and especially we saw what they did towards the end of the year when he was named interim coach. So it's still going to be an uphill battle in their own division, let alone facing all the other AFC teams. But anything is possible. Justin Herbert was taken fifth overall for a reason. He was a stud out of Oregon, had a very promising start to his young career. And he's far from reaching his peak and his potential. So I do think Jim Harbaugh could bring out the best out of Justin Herbert because we have seen flashes, even with Brandon Staley. They had a big lead against Jacksonville in the playoffs before they ultimately collapsed. Um, He's had very impressive moments in the regular season. Not many, but he has had some. So I think that it's possible, but I don't want to jump the gun because there we we know what is in that division and who they have to go through in order to let just get into the playoffs essentially. No, they're definitely um 
they're they're going to be a team to watch next year. Um, not only because of the stars they have, not only playing in LA, but now with Jim Harbaugh at the helm. Um, and I know they play the Ravens next year, so most people are speculating that. You know, because John Harbaugh coaches the Ravens, now Jim's coaching the Chargers. So most people are are starting to speculate or, you know, kind of believe and think that that will be a primetime game next year, Chargers-Ravens. So, um, and I'm, I'm just hoping they'll be, because it is a fun team to watch, but they weren't that fun to watch this year. So I'm hoping for, um, for their case, you know, because I got nothing against the Chargers. So, um... Especially like they have a lot of guys I like, so yeah, I hope it. I hope he's able to. And plus, I I mean, listen, Jim Harbaugh was a bear, so I I like him. And um, most people don't like him because of his stuff at Michigan. I mean, listen, I'm not gonna get into all that, but like, we don't know the exact details of. I mean, there's the details that came out with the whole cheating and and recruiting and all that sign stealing, but I guarantee you, like probably so many other schools do the same exact thing or something to that ex- extent. Um, and he's definitely not the first one to do it. So they can call him names. and can say this, but for the most part, I like Jim Harbaugh. I have no problem with him. So I'm rooting for him in LA. Um, and we'll, we'll just at the end of the day, you just, we can make all these hypotheticals and what we think, but we'll just see if he can get down to what he knows how to do. And that's when, so that's that, but let's, let's keep it moving with the coaching carousel. Um, just came out today too that so Jim Harbaugh was hired like last night, uh, or last night, so it would be Wednesday night. Um, and then Raheem Morris was just hired recently, um, earlier today, Thursday. Um, and a bit of a surprise move because this point last week, I think we were all pretty convinced, and not just we on this podcast, but I think most football analysts and Fans were convinced like this was Bill Belichick's job to lose. And he didn't get it. Raheem Morris got it. And that's the other not surprising part, but I think some people were like, all right, if they don't hire Belichick, Vrabel seems to be maybe the next because of his coaching resume and how well he did in Tennessee. But Raheem Morris gets his chance. And I think, listen, like he's a McVay guy. Uh, Most players love him wherever he's gone. His defenses have done well. So, um, Castle, do you think that um, you think the Falcons made the right move by not hiring a guy who has had between, say, Belichick or Vrabel, who, like, you know, they have experience as a head coach. Belichick's won Super Bowls. Vrabel has, you know, brought the Titans to relevancy relevancy again. Um, You know, before he came over and took over that team, I mean, they were – they were down in the dumps, and he brought them to number one seeds, countless playoff games, AFC championships. So do you think maybe they went the right path of getting this young um, coach who comes from the McVay tree, or do you think they should have opted for one of these coaches who have had the experience and the resume that shows that they can win in this league? So first I'll start with Belichick. And Josh and I have been talking a lot about this throughout the week. And he made the point, and it really just kind of sat with me because I was first under the impression, oh, he's going to Atlanta. Gronk put it out there first. He was top of the list. 
He was getting the second interview very quickly. He was meeting with executives with the team, so on and so forth. But Bill Belichick is is getting up there in age. And he wants to, he probably wants to be a part of a team where he can not only have the GM capabilities like he did in New England, but he wants to be somewhere where he could just jump in and say, all right, this is a team that I know that I can bring to the playoffs within the next two years. Clearly, Atlanta is not that. So I think that that was definitely a factor, but more so I do think at the end of the day, um, it was probably just the GM capabilities and how he wouldn't have his way because I believe Morris, if I saw the, the, the tweet correctly, he was the interim head coach for the Falcons in 2020. So you already have a guy who's familiar with the organization the owner will be able to communicate with him well. If the GM was there, which I don't think the Falcons have changed their GM within the last few years, so he's already there. So it really just fits. And then you pointed it out that he was part of the McVay tree. I mean, look at what this what this Rams team this year. I don't think a lot of people expected them to to end up making it to the playoffs. I mean, granted, they, they lost to Detroit, but... You got to give him credit for how much he had, how much talent he had on that defense. I mean, outside of Aaron Donald, I can't really name anyone off the top of my head with the Rams defense like I used to. So, and 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 uh, clearly they were looking for defense. Now, why they didn't go after Rabel? That's a mystery to me because everyone talks about how he's this great leader. We know he's been part of that winning culture in New England, brought the Titans to the, the number one seed at one point. So I really don't know. My guess is, is that they looked at Morris. They looked at, you know, the fact maybe it was his history, how well respected he's been being part of the McVeigh tree, working all these different defenses lately. And you know what? It's not really talked about too much. But the Falcons have a lot of young talent on that defense. So maybe they just feel all of that combined. He He's the right guy to bring in. So that that's where I think it was at the end of the day. It was the previous relationship that they had with him. And the fact that, you know, like we talked about last week, the Shanahan uh, coaching tree is just continuing to grow and become more and more appealing. And McVay, McVay is part of that. So, and McVeigh's now created his own tree, which is starting to to grow. So that's what I ultimately think it came down to. Definitely thought Vrabel had a shot. Um, he'll get a job somewhere else. Don't know if it'll be head coach, but he'll get a job. And I think uh, for Bill Belichick, he might not have a job for this upcoming season. He might be taking the. And that kind of that's a good um, kind of leeway into my next question for TJ, and that is. You know, there's only, I think, I believe two head coaching vacancies left, Seattle and Washington. And it seems like they're going to wait until after the playoffs. So that more than likely means that they want to hire someone 
who's still coaching in the playoffs. So like I'm thinking Washington and Ben Johnson and then Seattle, maybe like Bobby Slowick. Um or oh never mind, he's on Houston, but I don't know. I don't know for Seattle, but um I just I kept seeing Bobby Slowick's name. But anyways I think it would be uh, him or Vrabel. I think my prediction would be Ben Johnson, and then for Seattle, it would be Slowick or Vrabel. But. So, yeah. So, so TJ, so like, kind of like what Castle was saying, does that really mean that Belichick and Vrabel are not going to be head coaches? Like, Do you think that they will accept like a D coordinator roles again, or do you think they just sit out this year? Like, What do you think they do? I mean, Vrabel, I think... You know, Belichick's getting up there, like Castle said. So, like, his time as a coach is slowly winding down. Um, And then Vrabel, it's like, how do you just, after doing so well and finally making head coach, just, like, come back down to – I mean, it's not like it was really his fault that they weren't that good. I mean, the GM just blew up the roster right in front of Vrabel's face. So, I don't know. Do you think that we will see them on the sidelines in some capacity, or do you think that – we won't. Um, or do you think maybe we'll kind of get a curveball and one of the teams, one of the two teams that have the vacancies will hire them? Like, what do you think will happen with uh, with those two and going forward? Um, I think right now it's it's kind of kind of hard to tell, at least for me. I know I know Bill Belichick was I, well, he was the front runner with the with Atlanta, right? Yeah, so now that now that that spot is filled, I have a feeling that Bill Belichick is going to be the most talked about coach in 2024. Whether he'll be active or not, who knows. I I th- I think uh I think what Castle was it, either Castle or Josh one of you was saying how Bill would want to go to a team where he can be the both both the coach and the GM like pick the pick the team that he wants to pick uh kind of like a a har a harbaugh in a way where you want to pick your own guys and you want to you know build your roster around what you know um in terms of mike Vrabel, i'd i'd be sh- i'd be shocked if he doesn't land one of these two last spots i know i feel like ben johnson to washington's almost a lock at this point that's the only that's like the only name I've seen linked to Washington is Ben Johnson, no other names. But I feel like there's potential for for Rabel to well, he won't throw the curveball, but Washington may throw a curveball and get an interview with him, do a second interview. Um, if that's the case, I feel like the two finalists will be between Ben Johnson and Mike Rabel, and that all depends on what they want what Washington wants to do going forward and what the head coaches have in mind or potential head coaches have in mind. Um, I also feel like we could also live in a world where Mike Rabel and Bill Belichick have the year off. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they don't want to accept anything less than a head coaching job because they're obviously very well established bill more so than Rabel, but Rabel still has his credentials. I think uh, Castle, you put it in the chat here in the in the Zoom. I th- if Bill Bell, uh, if Andy Reid retires, that could open up another spot in an already loaded AFC West. 
could have Bill Belichick or Mike Vrabel go there and and pick up where Andy Reid left off, you know. I feel like Patrick Mahomes is in his prime and we've seen what Andy Reid can do with him and now that he's a very established uh, quarterback, I feel either Mike Vrabel or Bill Belichick can do something with him because we all saw what what Belichick did with Brady. Vrabel brought this Titans team to relevancy with Ryan Tannehill at the helm. I mean, he, he they both know how to build teams, and I feel like the deciding factor is going to have to be the result of the playoffs. If the Lions win this week, I feel like they're not going to let Ben Johnson do interviews up until they're going home. Um. I'd I'd be I'd be happy with with Vrabel landing a job somewhere, whether it be the head coach of uh, Seattle or Washington is yet to be seen. But I'd I'd like to see Vrabel back. I think Bill deserves to ride off into the sunset. He's he's got his flowers. I I think I think he deserves it. Now you can't take the the competitiveness out of out of him, but. If he still got it, I mean, hey, cool. I'm sure. I'm sure Josh and Josh and company will be happy to see Bill Belichick out of the AFC East. And, I uh, think. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I uh, to kind of wrap up, you know, what you're saying. I think. I I would be more upset not seeing Vrabel coach than Belichick because to me Belichick like. That's kind of what I was getting to. It's just rambling, so I appreciate. Yeah. it. <laughs> you're good you're good uh that's usually what i do so uh and you guys usually pick me up so now i'm picking you up uh but yeah no i think because belichick like you said like he's he when he's old you know it, it's like even when you interview him like most of these teams like you don't want to like get another be in this cycle for another like in another two three years so, like how much longer does bill have left so i i gotta imagine that's like even though he's got the name he's got the resume how much, I mean, he's, I believe, is he in his 70s or close by? Like, so how much does he really have left? What's his kind of plan? And so that could be throwing them off. But Vrabel, to me, just really got, um, the Titans really, like, did him shorthanded. Um, because it's not like Vrabel was like, oh, I can't, I can't coach this team. I, like, make excuses, like, didn't win. Like, I mean, he did so well with the Titans. And, like, the countless things he had to endure during that time and just, like, overcame it and um, injuries and this and that, and they were so competitive. And so the fact that, like, if he's not coaching anywhere, like, I know it might be tough for his ego. Not that he has one, but, like, everyone's got an ego. Like, you know, for him to where he's, like, like, I just was a head coach of an NFL team and did pretty damn well for how many years. So if he doesn't want to take a like Ron Rivera said he would he still wants to coach so he would take a lesser position like a D coordinator and that's still a big role but compared to head coach it's you know an assistant role um so it might be tough for Vrabel to that because one Vrabel still younger like Rivera Rivera's kind of up in age too and Rivera now has had numerous you know Carolina Washington so he's had numerous now opportunities head coaching like Vrabel has only had one and I feel like besides this year 
he's had really good success. So for me to not see him coaching, that's why I, I really hope he lands this Seattle um, job because I think he's just too good of a candidate, of a coach and a leader to be just not coaching this season. And I think a lot of teams will regret passing on him. Um, and then whoever does hire him, whether it's this year, next year, or at a coordinator role, if he decides to do that, they will be glad to. Um, so, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see with that. Um, and I guess we can kind of finish up football by kind of starting to preview the big championship games. Uh, not only is that coaching carousel always excited, but we talk about this because of the actual games that are played. You know, I mean, all this other stuff's exciting, but then when it comes down to time, like we we watch it to watch the game. So it's conference championship week. It's almost as much as I love the Super Bowl, but the conference championships are almost that much better because one, there's you know, there's an extra game, and two, it's always exciting to see who makes it to the big game. So in the AFC, we have the number one seed Baltimore Ravens against the number were they five, six? Or three? What are they? What what seed is Kansas City? I want to say five. Kansas City, I think, was the three seed. Three seed, yeah. I'm trying to like oh, they were the okay. Yeah, because they hosted, yeah, because they hosted the um the Dolphins. Yeah, they so... hosted the Dolphins first. Yeah, they are the three seed. So um the three seed Chiefs. So again, another road game for Patrick Mahomes. He won last week, his first ever road game in the playoffs. So and they're back in the AFC Championship for the sixth straight year. Can't be too surprised because just like Brady, like even if the team's not performing well in the regular season or, you know, the talent's not all there, him and Belichick, just like Reed and Mahomes, find a way to lead uh, their team to, you know, almost a promised land. So that should be a really good game between him and Lamar. The Ravens are playing well. Um, the Ravens smoked Houston and they get to have a home game, um, in Baltimore again. So, and then in the NFC side, it's number one seed San Francisco nine 49ers against the number three seed, um, Detroit lions, the lions trying to make or clinch their first ever Super Bowl berth. So let's talk about that one. I think there's more even though the other game might get more hype because of Mahomes and Lamar and it's probably the two better teams, like this NFC Championship game is interesting because, you know, golf's trying to, like most people wrote golf off. That sounds kind of funny, but like, um, you know, they were like, oh, he's just a product of the Rams and, you know, he'd have the talent, blah, blah, blah. He comes over to Detroit. And, man, he's been covering up teams. And, like, listen, I'm not saying he's an, a superstar quarterback, but he's still a pretty damn good quarterback because I don't. you still got to be pretty talented, especially Detroit, with the history they've had, the amount of quarterbacks they've had. You know, and, I mean, look at Matthew Stafford. He had Megatron. He's a Super Bowl champ himself, Matt Stafford. And yet he can only make it to, the, like, the wild card, like, once and got bounced. Goff has led this team to any coach was coached by Jim Caldwell, who I believe is a really good coach. So the fact what Goff is doing is really impressive. Um, and just Dan Campbell. I mean, again, 
I would have never thought that Dan Campbell would lead out of all the coaches that they could have hired during that cycle, that he would be the one that would be able to lead this team to where they are. Um, so now it is a way game. So they've had the two, the two games in Detroit and Detroit was rocking. So now they got to go to the Bay and that's not going to be easy, but I don't know promise. Uh, because you haven't talked in a while. Do you think the lions can finally hold up the George Hallis trophy? and make it to the Super Bowl for the first time in franchise history. And they've been around for a decently long time. It's not like they've, you know, or a newer franchise. I mean, they've been around just... Um, or do you think the 49ers are just too dominant? Kyle Shannon is just too good of a coach. Um, and that's why they're the one. See, that's why they've been in quite a few Super Bowls in recent memory. Um, you know, haven't won one, though, too recently, but they've been in them. Um, so what do you think? What do you think? Kind of give me your... You're not like I don't want a prediction so much, but just kind of you're like, all right, we'll save we'll save the predictions for the end. But yeah, the way I see it is the Lions are obviously here for a reason. So, yes, they do have a shot. And I think the what they have to do is focus on their strengths instead of trying to focus on stopping the Niners, focus on what got them here. And that's their run game. They have two very explosive running uh, running backs, one in which you're very familiar with, and David Montgomery, but then rookie Jameer Gibbs at Alabama, and they're they complement each other so well. Montgomery is this strong guy who could run through the the up the middle. Jameer Gibbs more so a receiving back, and over the last several weeks to end the season, they really found a good way to balance out both of them, and not really be seen as this running back room competition. So if you focus on getting the running backs involved, because they didn't really uh, do that as, as much last week. So if they can get back into establishing a running game with both running backs. Uh, and you got two very, you got a bunch of talented receivers, but primarily you got Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown and tight end Sam Laporta that they got to utilize. I think, because San Fran's defense is very talented, especially their linebackers. But I think their secondary is possible, is probably the weakest point of their defense. Yeah, Zach Ertz is now a lion. That was a nice little breaking news during the week. Um, but I think Amon Ra, St. Brown, you got Jameson Williams. I think those guys could potentially have big games because out of, the Niners defense, their secondary, specifically cornerbacks, probably the weakest and most vulner- vulnerable. But it won't matter if Jared Goff can't get the ball to his receivers because he's going to be facing that Niners pass rush. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a tall task for them. And I think the key to them, because you could say, oh, like, what are the keys for them to win the game? And like, oh, limit McCaffrey, limit, you know, I mean, Debo, I think he said he will play despite getting hurt last week, um, you know, like limit those like yak and limit those guys like no duh. I mean, every team says that and they still can't manage to do that. I think the biggest thing for the um, biggest thing for them. And you kind of were starting to say is, is don't worry about like the name that 49ers, like all these other weeks, like the wild card round, um, you know, they're playing the Rams. They took care of the Rams. You know, they just like, 
they took it round by round and they whoever they were playing and most like this whole season pretty much like whoever they were playing they just attacked and played the way they played like don't change it all now don't make it like yes it is like that much of a bigger game i get it but just like just stay calm like be calm cool and collected like they have been all year um because I think the the second they start playing away from the Lions football and the way in the what Dan Campbell is kind of preaching and teaching and coaching is when they're gonna fall apart, you know, because Kyle Shanahan is pretty much gonna like do what he's gonna do, you know, and that's what makes him so good. So the Lions, if they want to win or have a chance, which they do, they really do, because like you said, they're here. I mean, every team, if you're in the game, has a chance. So, and they've earned, it's not like they just, like, were, like, you know, flipping coins and, like, all right, the Lions, 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 like, they made it to here now. Like, no, they've won and earned games, and they've beaten some good teams. You know, the Rams were one of the hottest teams at the end of the year. The Eagles, granted, they fell off, you know, were smoked by the Bucks, but the Eagles were in the NFC Champion, or the Super Bowl last year, you know? So then, and then they beat the Bucks pretty, not convincingly, but, like, you know, towards the end there, they were starting to, you know, run away from it. So I kind of agree, like, you just, you can't, you can't be like, oh my God, it's the 49ers and they have McCaffrey and this and that. Like, just play your game, go in there, you know, like, yeah, I'm not going to say treat it like any other game because you need that extra, like, like, like we can go to the Super Bowl. Like, we've never done this before, but you can't let the stage get too big. Um, and you can't, and the, the problem with the teams, like, yeah, they, they seem to, um, get away from their um god i'm blanking on the word always happens you can't shy away from what got you here in the first place is what we yeah that's what it comes down to exactly so i believe is that game that's the three o'clock game or yeah so that's the first game on um i don't know a channel but um usually it's like cbs and fox no that's probably the fox game nfc is fox yeah true cbs is uh yeah, AFC. AFC. Yeah. Well, now let's talk about the AFC and, and TJ and Castle. Uh, I mean Mahomes versus Lamar. What else? What else could we ask for? Uh, you know, last week we got Mahomes Allen, another great shootout that went resulted in Mahomes' favor in the postseason. Allen's got his number in the regular season, but Mahomes got his number when it really seems to matter most. Um, Lamar did not choke during this playoff series so far as he. Last week, four touchdowns, two rushing, two passing. Do you think Lamar can be the quarterback to stop Mahomes? Or do we think Mahomes just carries his success in the playoffs, in the AFC, and gets him, finds himself playing in another Super Bowl and possibly a rematch of Super Bowl, what was the one in 2019, right? Um, one of those Chiefs 49ers when he won his first one. What was that one? Someone could do the research. Promise you're not talking, so do the research. Yeah, that's right. We t- we tell him what to do. Uh, so yeah, Castle. Do you think Lamar? Now, granted, he's home. Like they're the one seed, the Ravens. He's home, so he's got his home fans. He's got the advantage, you know, quote unquote, home field advantage. But do you think he can outduel Mahomes in the playoffs? Now, granted, I think. Um, I'm trying to think of the Chiefs. I know Rashi Rice got a little banged up too last week. I don't know if he. I'm sure he'll be good to go, but but yeah, back just all right. Super Bowl Fifty Four, that was it. 
All right, so Super Bowl 54 is a rematch. So, anyways, do you think Lamar Jackson can outdo Mahomes to win his first ever conference championship and make his first ever Super Bowl? Or do you think Mahomes just is like the new Brady now to where, like, he's just tough to take out? And, I mean, Burrow, Burrow has done it. So can Lamar add to it? I was very high on this Ravens defense for most of, if not the whole year. And I still think that they're, they've arguably been the best defense this year in football. Lamar's had his MVP season. MVP caliber season, I should say, because nothing's official yet. Odell's been looking good this year. Mark Andrews, I don't know what his status is. He could be in line to play. I really don't know. But at the end of the day, Stevie, I'm giving this game to the Chiefs. And I can't believe I'm saying that. But I am giving this game to the Chiefs. Watching them rally last week in Buffalo, one of the toughest environments in all football, the snow throwing, whatever you want to say. And this could be one of the most uh, least talented wide receiver groups he's ever worked with. But Rice is a very, very nice rookie. He found a way to get to Kelsey. If Pacheco plays, he's the one guy that you want to look at. It's Pacheco and someone else on their line. But if they both play, I I just, and and you know what? And you got to give some credit, credit to Spags. For what for what he's done on defense, I mean, Allen played it played a hell of a game, but Spags did didn't make it totally easy. There was some there was some very very solid drives by that Kansas City defense. So Lamar is definitely another one of these guys that can do it. Sure, I'm not doubting his talent, but I just got that gut feeling that 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 it's going to be Casey's game. And they're going to silence everyone in, in Baltimore. Don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know if if it's going to be all Mahomes or if it's going to be a full-blown team effort on both sides of the ball. But I do think Kansas City is going to come in this weekend and upset another team on the road and go back to the Super Bowl. And listen, I would not be surprised at this, you know, this point next week if we're talking about that and that happens. Um, because just like Brady, it was just like he was in there just seems like every year and pretty much every year just it's back in the Super Bowl, it's back in the Patriots, and now now it's with Mahomes and the Chiefs. So, you know, for me, I would like to see I'm just I don't enjoy watching this Chiefs team. I drafted Mahomes in fantasy. He didn't have this season I, you know, of he's had in the past so he screwed me in fantasy so i personally would rather see lamar i like lamar a lot i like baltimore um i'd rather see baltimore do it but again you just you can't like count out mahomes and the chiefs now tj i got an interesting question for you because i feel like this is going to play a bigger part um into this game and here's the kicker about it it's not about a premium position. It's not about the quarterbacks. It's not about the receivers, the old line, the trenches. It's about the kickers. Because look at last week. T- 
Tyler Bass had a chance at home. He knows how to kick in Buffalo to tie the game up. He shanked it wide right. And then the Chiefs got the ball and ran off the clock and won. Now you're going, now this game is going to feature two of the best kickers, especially Bucker in the postseason is lights out. You know, he knows how to kick in the cold. And Justin Tucker is one of the greatest kickers in NFL history. So if this game comes down to field goals, you know, I'm not saying like it's only going to be field goals, but if it's going to come down to like, Team like them like tying games or like tying the game whatever team or having to win kick the game winning field goal. Who do you trust? I mean, because like I said, I like feel like both are pretty lights out. But Tyler Bass has shown that he's pretty lights out. And he shanked it. So if it comes down to like something like last week between the Bills and the Chiefs, but now with the Ravens, who do you think? Like like Justin Tucker's usually lights out, but does he does he choke? And like I said, Bucker, sometimes in the regular season is not the most consistent, but come playoff time, that dude can't miss. So, like, I want to see, like, when it comes down to that that time, like, that kick that can, that seals the game, or that plays a big part in the game, like, you know, deciding the game, who do we have trust in? Well, first and foremost, as a Giants fan, it's not the first time I've seen a Buffalo Bills kick a wide right. I wasn't alive for it, but Bill, old old Bill fans, you you'll know. Nineteen ninety one Super Bowl, baby. Anyway, well, that's why YouTube exists, so you can watch that clip now. Precisely. Um, if I had to pick, I feel like it's it's Justin Tucker any day of the week. I know how good Harrison Butker is. I just think Justin Tucker is he's that guy. He's that dude. If you look up if you look up the word him in the dictionary, there's Justin Tucker. All right? He he's he's in the record books. He's he's a historical kicker. I don't think we're going to see anybody like that again. I mean, granted it we're talking about kickers here, but I feel like a guy like Justin Tucker's once once in a generation. I feel like he's just taken. He's he's what every kicker aspires to to be. Calm under pressure, ice in the veins. You got the accuracy. You got the power. You can kick from sixty plus at this point, and nobody better to represent the kicker the kickers across the world than Justin Tucker. And plus I personally I think the bank's gonna be rocking way too hard and Harrison Bucker's gonna be absolutely rattled. They thought that was loud in Buffalo. I think it's gonna be even louder down in Baltimore. I don't think that the Chiefs aren't gonna be ready for it. I think that that MNT bank atmosphere that forced what 10 offensive penalties against the Texans for false starts and and whatnot it's 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 the loud house shout out Pat McAfee yeah Justin Tucker any day of the week Harrison. I like it and I mean listen it might seem like some people might like feel like like that's kind of a weird question stupid question with the kickers but to oh, be no, honest it's important 
I think on the line. Yeah, I'm telling you, I think Tucker. Yeah, and I, I honestly think, I mean, I hope it's not a blowout for just our viewing sake, but I really do think it's going to be a duel, a shootout like the Chiefs and Bills game was. And same thing, it came down to the kicker, and the kicker screwed his own team, and the Chiefs lucked out. So that's why I think that it might come down to the kicker um, in this game, and there's two of the best in the league you know, on, on the respective teams that are going against each other. So that's why um, that's why I kind of wanted to throw that question in because it could be the difference of the game. You know, Mahomes and Lamar are going to do what they can, but sometimes they can't, you know, they can't do everything. They can't catch the ball. They can't block downfield. You know, they can't do all that. So they can drive themselves a little bit, but, you know, say if they get down and it's like, yeah, like a 57-yard field goal, so these two, these are two of the guys I would want kicking it. Um, but I think I would have to agree with you. I think I would have to go with uh, Justin Tucker just for just for what he's accomplished. And if he if he blew, blows it, you know, then it's like that's that's just that's just tough luck right there. Um, but either way, I think it's going to be a really good championship weekend. Um, you know, there could be. A lot of new storylines. There could be some of the same storylines. Like I said, we could get a repeat of Super Bowl 54, Mahomes and the Niners. Um, there could be new storylines with Lions going to their first ever Super Bowl, Lamar going to his first ever Super Bowl. Like Either way, there's going to be good headlines. It's going to be good matchups. I think we're all not only here on the 3P podcast, but just football fans of those respective teams, but NFL fans and football fans in general. Have a good weekend of football looking forward to coming up. So, um, you know, we're definitely going to watch and keep up to date. And then, you know, for the next episode, we'll be not a full preview, but we'll kind of recap the games and then, you know, start to preview, you know, the Super Bowl. Um, And, yeah, which one are we? So we're on Super Bowl 58 now? Yeah. Uh, So it's crazy. Almost Super Bowl 60, which is, I remember, I remember Super Bowl 50. So the fact that, Right now, almost like another decade after that is just time's going by too fast. But, um, so yeah, but I think that's enough football for the week. For the week, um, you know, we talked about the head coaches, we talked about the games this weekend. I think we got to get a little love to some of the other sports going on. Um, and I'm in fact, Castle, I got the Knicks on because. Um, sorry, TJ. I don't really want to watch the Celtics. My Bulls don't play till later. Promise your Nets suck. Okay, you don't want to watch the best team in the league. That's fine. Yeah, well, I watched them lose at home to the Nuggets, so I want to see if uh, Castle okay. Knicks. I did. I did too. It's okay. All streaks come to an end. Yeah. Now, Castle, I want to talk to you about the Knicks because I don't know if we've talked about really the trade that went down, and I don't want to really go. I mean, it's happened now for a couple of weeks, so I don't really want to go dive into the trade because we all know what it is. But I kind of want to see your thoughts after the trade. Because at first, you know, some people were like, what the hell? We gave up. You know, most people were glad. I mean, they missed RJ because of the attitude he brought and, like, how he wanted to be a Nick. Uh, but, you know, for his contract and his play didn't uh, add up. Um, but, obviously, a lot of people were upset about IQ. Um, but now looking back at it and seeing how well the Knicks have played and how well OG Anonbi has played, I think that's how you pronounce his last name or close to it. 
Like, what do you think? You think it's still a good trade? Like, would you still have done that trade? Or do you think the Knicks would be better off having those guys, like having RJ and IQ on the team or trading for someone else? Like, what what are your thoughts, you know, now however many weeks after the trade and how, because now the Knicks are, what, like 10 games up on 500, right close to the All-Star break and the trade deadline? So I would, first of all, OG has been linked to us, I think, for like two seasons now. So I can't say that the fact that it finally happened is a major shock. I think it's more of, and I won't harp on it too much, but um, I never really got into RJ Barrett. I think where we took him and what he actually produced just it was never there so there was no love lost for when he was quickly hurt i mean i know there was everything with his contract and you know he was just a a spark plug off the bench and just a great score um but the defense wasn't really there for him so i think you bring in a guy like like ananobi who can play both sides of the ball He's the type of guy that can really guard any most teams because of his size and his ability on defense. Most of the guy, most of these teams, number one guys, he he can match up with them. So he brings that. He he, he really just brings his size, his talent. Uh, the floor appears to be a, a lot more spread out with him. I I have no regrets with this trade. I mean. The Knicks' current record against teams under uh, teams that are under 500 are 20 and one, which is definitely not something to shy away from. And I definitely think uh, a lot of that has to come comes from him, since he's we acquired him. And you know, it, it, it's just it's just great Knicks basketball. Um, definitely helps to have a guy of his size too with. Uh, with our issues at center right now, you know, Mitch Robb is still hurt. Um, Hartenstein is out tonight. So you got to bring in guys like Jericho Sims um, and Precious Sichua. Hey, he was part of the trade too. He, you know, I, I don't know too much about him at the moment. Um, I don't think he's been playing bad. I mean, definitely helps to have, have, have him part of the steps. So, Overall, I, I think the trade's been great. I really have enjoyed him being part of the team. I mean, you know, he he's not he's not numero uno, obviously, and that's a whole other conversation. I'm not going to open up that can of worms um, getting into that. But overall, I I have no regrets with the trade. Um, before the the deadline, though, I would like to see another guy added to the bench. I think we just need one more guy for the bench. Was kind of hoping it would be Terry Rozier, but go, him going to Miami, you know, I think the price was going to be a little too high for him. Um, Bruce Brown has been thrown around. Alec Burks, not really a reunion I want. So we'll see what they do. But this uh, this team has only continued to improve, and I really think this trade – was big. So they're, they're just, they just need to make one more move this season. And I really think things will start to uh, come into fruition, but I missed quickly 
you know, I wish if, wish him the best of luck in Toronto, and I really hope he does get the bag at the end of the day. Yeah, and I think um, I think looking back at it too, like it was still the right move. Um, OG brings what the listen. The Knicks didn't need scoring. You have Brunson, you got Randall. Um, you know, DiVincenzo, like same kind of thing. Like he's good for some threes and stuff. Like you needed a guy who can defend. Um, and you know, IQ, like he's a smaller guard. RJ, you know, had size, but he just wasn't the best defensively. Um, and the so... problem, I don't mean to interrupt. The other thing with RJ with him too was. I know we got the big thing with him was his defending, but I think he was what the number three pick overall in that draft. He was, yeah. You can't take a guy number three and three, four years into his career, he's still putting up stat lines to end the game five from 19 from the field. Like that's just not acceptable. So kind of just goes back to why I had no love lost when he got traded. And I think, like, you know, it was tough for him to leave New York, but he did get sent back home. You know, he's from Canada, so um, so at least he kind of had, like, a homecoming. Um, So, yeah, but I think the Knicks filled one of their needs. They cleared a lot of money off the books by not paying quickly and then, you know, shedding RJ's contract. Um, And he didn't give up, like, I think he gave up like a dra- uh, second round pick or two, so he didn't give up any premium draft picks. So that was good. And like we said OG's been playing. We don't historically draft well, so it's like I mean, yeah, it's a it's a second round pick, but the Knicks don't historically draft well, so that didn't really didn't that really didn't rattle me. But you still have the first round picks that try to get a superstar, um, which is nice because you have a lot of those. The fact that you didn't have to give any to get OG's a good thing. So we'll see how they keep doing. Um, my next question is and. Um, so I know we talked Castle's teams, but I think the next team, you know, they made a big change. It was kind of a surprising change was the Bucks. Um, you know, they moved on from Adrian uh, Griffin um, as their head coach. I mean, it's not like they were doing bad. They were like number two in the East uh, or number three. Are they are they ahead of Philly or behind Philly? They're two. Uh, um, yeah, they're thirty and thirteen. So most coaches don't find themselves. On the hot seat or losing their jobs when they are the second best team in their conference with a record that good. But he got fired and they, I guess Doc Rivers was kind of working with the Bucks and then he kind of got promoted or I don't know what it was. It was kind of strange. But anyways, today he got hired to be their head coach and he's supposedly making north of $40 million. So, Promets or TJ, I just want to kind of like, I mean, we're all East guys, uh, you know, the Bulls, the Nets, the Celtics, the Knicks, like on the East. But, you know, Doc Rivers hasn't won since he left TJ, your team. Um, and he's coached some good teams, but the Clippers, the Sixers, and yet he's failed to do it. But why I've heard some like he lost the locker room, but like, why do we think this move was made? Um, and do you think that they regretted signing Griffin and maybe had their eyes on Doc or because I mean that's a lot of money. It's not like they just said, all right, Doc fill in for this year. I mean they to sign him a contract north of forty million dollars. Like that's like that's a commitment. So what what like what do we why do we think uh like this move like was made and kind of what was behind this move being made? So I don't know. One of you two can uh go ahead and answer it. Yeah. So I think I saw reports that after they lost that in season tournament game to the Pacers, he made a comment saying that uh, we need, 
we're going to need all guys to sacrifice their roles, which doesn't really sound bad to us as fans because to us that sounds like that's what coaching is. But that must have set off the veterans on that team because that's not the way they were used to being coached by Mike Boonholzer, whatever. So ever since then, the last several weeks, he's kind of lost the locker room. So yes, while they might have been winning, they weren't playing their best effort. They weren't playing their best basketball. They were a middle-of-the-pack defensive team. They had enough offense to get through these games. So they kind of needed to make this move now uh, instead of waiting for the playoffs to come and waiting and seeing. So, frankly, I after seeing these reports, I'm not surprised that the move was made. And Doc Rivers was kind of like the best name available. Not, again, I'm not surprised that they hired him. It's just funny that he was broadcasting on the A-team for ESPN ABC, and now he finds himself as, back as a head coach for the Milwaukee Bucks now, seeing that he's used to facing and probably losing in the playoffs. So I think at the end of the day, they're more so regretting letting go of Mike Boonholzer, even though it seemed like it was likely that though that they were going to part ways after last season. But I think in hindsight right now, they're probably regretting getting rid of him, even though that had been a move that's been boiling over. So expectations for Doc Rivers, I really don't seem, I think it's definitely an upgrade over what he had in Philly those few, those several years with Embiid and Harden. He now has Dame and Giannis, and Giannis has one, so he knows what it's take what it takes to get there. And most of the the Bucks core were on that championship team, so we'll see if they ha- they have enough to get it to get it done again. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, and I mean, I guess the question is like, can Doc Rivers lead them um, to that? I mean, Budenholzer did, Giannis did, but. You know, Doc is regarded as such a great coach. I mean, TJ, you know this. Um, and he was able to win with the Celtics, you know, Pierce, Garnett, Ray Allen, you know, against like Kobe and, you know, like like a good Lakers team. So do we think he can lead this Bucks team? Um, do you, I mean, I guess, TJ, I'll ask you this. Do you think he can, now with Doc Rivers at the helm, do you think he can lead this Bucks team past your Celtics for the number one spot? Or do you think he, even if they don't finish that, do you think he can help them, you know, make it out of the East and another finals run and possibly another finals win? Or do you think um, that they're just, I don't know, that's just not going to work out? Like, what are your thoughts on this, TJ? Um, I mean, from what, from what I've gathered, it kind of doesn't make sense to me. You're sitting at 30 and 13 and you want to maximize your championship window. I don't know how else you can maximize a championship window with that type of record. Now, from what I've seen, it's not quote unquote, not what the players have said, not anything uh, in the locker room. It's more so in house. They thought he wasn't getting the job done. But I, I feel like it's it's kind of been coming for a little while now. I don't remember when exactly uh, Giannis said this, but 
I, I don't know if it was back-to-back -back losses or they weren't playing their best basketball. And he said, everybody down to the equipment manager needs to be better. Now, I don't know what that entails, but it kind of leaves us as fans to, to, to speculate. And I, I don't want to speculate, but it kind of, all signs kind of point that he lost the locker room, especially with what Josh was saying, the comments he made after the uh, in-season tournament. And now, now with Doc, I mean, Doc's established. He, not to, I, this is the only comparison I can really think of. Doc Rivers is like how Mike McCarthy has been. He can coach great teams in the regular season, but he always comes up short in the playoffs. That's at least how it's how his recent stretch was with, with the Sixers. They were dominant. They were number one through three seed under his tenure, I believe. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong. Made the playoffs, I believe, every year and didn't go. I think the furthest they went was a the Eastern Conference Championship. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, either either way, he he's got he's got the talent, he's got the knowledge. He just has to execute. And from what I've seen, he he comes up short in in the playoffs. I don't know if he changes his coaching from regular season. All right, regular season coaching gone. All right, now it's playoff time, or or what? But at least I've noticed he doesn't really coach well in in the playoffs or when it really matters rather I don't think them hiring Doc Rivers is going to push them over the Celtics at least maybe not this season I think at least the way everything's going right now the Celtics are are going to be the team to beat coming out of the East, barring any drastic changes, injuries, so on and so forth. It's it's cool they got the hire, but to to answer your question, I I don't think it puts them in talks with the Celtics. It, it's going to be like how it's been all season. The Bucks are number two, and that's kind of how it's going to stay for a little while. I mean, hey, listen, that's and that's totally fair. Um, and. It's just something we're gonna have to keep uh, just watching with them, and um, and it seems like the the Bucks have pretty much put their chips in one bag, and that's to win. I mean, between trading for Dame and you know paying him all that money, paying Giannis all that money, now hiring Doc Rivers and paying him all that money, like they're kind of going all in, um, you know, as they should. But if this doesn't work, then this might be it for them. Um, so just another good storyline to to watch and keep up with as the season goes on. Um, and we'll definitely be talking more hoops as football winds down. And then, you know, the all-star game, all-star weekend pick uh, comes to, you know, comes closer to the trade deadlines coming. So hoops will be, you know, talked about baseball. will be starting up soon again with pitchers and catchers and the spring training, you know, right around the corner um, hockey. We definitely will have to talk some hockey. So we'll be talking these other sports. I know football is kind of getting a lot of the love right now, but it's, it's playoff time. It's football. I mean, it's it's tough not to. So, 
anyways, that's a wrap for this week's episode. Uh, a lot of good coaching updates and news. Um, so CJ, shout out to you for keeping the content fresh on the IG page for letting the viewers, you know, see what's going on with uh, the good old 3P podcast on social media. So thank you for that. And thank you to the fans for tuning in, listening, following, you know, make sure to keep doing that. We really do appreciate it. And um, like I keep saying, as long as you're listening, following, keeping up to date, we're just going to cr- crank out this content on here on Instagram. So yeah, please keep up and, uh, and yeah, thank you for listening and we will see you guys next week. Thank you.